Photoshop, Facetune, and filters. What's up, guys? It's Erin Darling Taralva, and you're listening to another episode of Hot Pizza Ass. Today, I'm joined by comedian and social media expert, Megan Nager, and we are going to talk all about the ways that society is changing, the ways that advertising is changing, and what's real and what's not in social media. She also has a great podcast called Therapy for the Right Brain that you guys should check out if you're into wellness and creativity. And without further ado, let's Let's just get into the episode. I'm excited to have you on the show today because you have done something that I don't even know if you realize how cool it is, but oh my god, you, what? <laughs> I mean, you've inspired me. You posted, you've been posting these images where you augment your body and change it, and oh, yeah, and okay, and you're a comedian, so when I see these images at first, it's like you're writing a joke, but then. I started noticing that your captions started changing and I was like, oh, she's dropping in. She's got something to say. And I was like, this is a perfect time for her to do the podcast. (laughs) Well, that's so fun. What I thought of you, so I've done them forever. Yeah. So basically, well, first of all, I'm so happy you had me on because I love your podcast. I'm very flattered. Um, And I love talking to you. But I, so I've done these. So basically I do these like images where I'll just do Facetune or Photoshop and I like, you know, make my ass big or like my boobs big. But then I think subconsciously I was like, oh, I'm doing that because girls post these like ridiculous images that are clearly photoshopped and they don't say anything about it. So it was kind of just like exaggerating it. Um, But then recently I found like, I think I kept getting ads for them, but there were these apps that got even more extreme. So they were like, add abs, like add fake boobs, like fix your entire face, make all your cellulite go away. And then I was like, oh, this is like actually what I was getting at. And this is horrific. And then I looked at myself like before and after, because I was like going to genuinely post that picture with abs. And I was like, what am I doing? I can't post that, that picture. That's ridiculous. And then I was like, this is the whole thing is crazy, especially like the Instagram filters too, because those have come up recently. Oh yeah. And it was like all at once that I was just like, this is so bad because I find myself liking that faker version of myself. Ever since I've done this podcast, I feel like the need to be a little bit more accountable with stuff like that. I do use filters, but I have noticed how crazy uh, Facetune and all these other apps have become. And I hate the way that they're marketed toward women because it's like, you know, fix your skin and fix that and, you know, get the abs that you want. And it's kind of like, yeah, instantly we're being marketed this idea of what's undesirable and, you know, this way to, to fix it is by using their product. And I hate that. And mm-hmm. I love that you were posting these things because it's like, well, you know what? Like she's being subversive right now. Like I'm thinking about how crazy these images are. And the captions at first were like, I'm so natural. Like, look at me out here, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And it's like very clearly not natural. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was being more subtle about it or just yeah. like only sarcastic. Whereas now I'm like, oh, this is like actually a problem. Right. And then I saw the image that you posted, like the back to back image of, you know, mm-hmm. of a normal, a normal person and then a person that has run their body through a series of, I guess, filters that give you abs and a beach body, quote unquote. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, because honestly, 
that was one of the images where I couldn't really tell, like just on first glance, I couldn't really yep, tell. You it can't was tell. altered until you mentioned it in the comments. I was like, what? That's, that's what, so that's what got me is because I went into fix my own body, which like I'm totally guilty of doing. Like I don't do a lot if I'm actually posting a picture, but, and then there were, it was this new app and I just downloaded it. It was free. I forgot the name. I think I deleted it after <laughs> that, but, um, I'm sure I could find it. Uh, and then it was like ab filter and I was like, what's this? And then I started putting on all this stuff. Oh, no one will notice. And then I showed Corey and he's like, are you serious? <laughs> like you can't, that's insane. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. And why am I even actually considering posting this? I have also noticed. So have you noticed in the past week that all this stuff is going on with Khloe Kardashian? There's this huge scandal about her posting her image and then a very, very face tuned version of that image. And it's like the same day and we can see how heavily edited her mm -hmm. photos are. And I initially commented on that when I saw that start popping up in my social media, I think I posted it in my stories with the message, like you guys, like nothing's real. Like don't let these people make you feel yeah. bad about yourself. Like it's, it's okay. Like not even the images of these people, um, that you think are real are real. Mm -hmm. And then a day later, I started seeing like this whole train of thought that was like, don't shame Chloe, blah, blah, blah. Like don't, like this is shaming her because people were posting the back to backs. What Got is it. your take on that? How do you feel about all of this? That's interesting actually. I didn't, I saw the first part I saw, um, and even when I first saw that image, however many months ago it was, I was like, okay, either she really went in and like, had surgery on her entire face, or this is clearly just photoshopped. Um, and then I just, I saw the video footage that was like, okay, you look nothing like this. Um, and I saw people pointing it out, but then what you're saying, you know, what you're saying happened afterwards that people are like, okay, this is shaming her. I, it's interesting. Cause on one hand I get it and I think it's helpful, but I think right now people are, they jump to like shame or put down or attack. And it's like a lot of anger, I think, towards everything right now. Um, so I don't think the best method of tackling that situation is to shame her. Mm -hmm. um, I can see though how it's good to point out. I don't know if people being like, you know, excuse me, but like, fuck the Kardashians or like, fuck Khloe Kardashian, you know, this is disgusting. Like that doesn't help the situation. Cause it's mm -hmm. like fueling fire with fire. Right. But I think it's like, you got to take both with a grain of salt. Right. That makes totally. sense. No, I totally agree with you because I feel like, well, on one hand, it doesn't help anyone to not point out that this is occurring, right. but also Chloe the reason why she posted that is probably because she's feeling the exact same way that we feel looking at other mm -hmm. people's images. Right. So it is like a vicious cycle. Like no one's going to edit their pictures that heavily unless they feel the pressure to look a certain way, which 100%. makes it right. Which is like a whole new level of sad. I think she's always felt, uh, like that compared to her sisters because she is taller and she is a little like thicker and like, but also she can use that to her advantage and that's not a bad thing. So I think that it's so deeply rooted within her just from things I've seen over the years and how drastically she, I mean, they've all changed, but her specifically, mm -hmm. um, I think it is sad the way, the way you just said it. Cause when you think about it, you're like, like anytime I've posted a picture that's 
super edited. It's when I've been super insecure. Hey, Revkin. Yeah, Revkin, <laughs> shut up. Yeah, no, I, I totally, I agree with you too. And I think I've noticed it in people, like the people who um, taught me how to edit my pictures are yes. the people who I know who are the most insecure too. Like I didn't me even know too. about, right? I didn't know about these apps. So someone showed you and- Yep. Okay, what was your experience? That's really funny because I thought of this the other day. I was like, where did I get this from? Um, and then I realized one of my friends uh, years ago, this is probably five years ago, I, um, I actually, so I started doing, when I started doing com- comedic sketches, it was actually making fun of fitness models. So I guess I kind of, this goes way back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, there was a picture and I was like, I want to, I want to post it because I was wearing a funny um, workout like hat and like holding these fake products or something. But I didn't, I thought like my stomach looked chubby. So I was just complaining to her and she's like, oh, give me your phone. And then she downloaded Facetune and then she told me, spent like 30 minutes to an hour going through like each different like selection tool and showing, you know, she showed me how to like slightly do it. So it's a super tiny amount that you're going to change it. So it's not that noticeable because if it's too noticeable, then it's like, it's fake. And it's like, you know, when you boil it down, it's, it's all fake. If you're, if you're touching it a little, it's all fake. But, um, yeah, I basically got like a lesson on how to change my image. Yeah. That's so funny. Cause like I, the exact same thing almost exactly happened to me. I think there was a picture that I was a little bit self-conscious about posting because I think that my skin, like my stomach was like a little bit over like my pant line. Um, and I Mm -hmm. was kind of like, Oh, I'm not going to post that one. And then my friend was like, no, but this is the best one. Let me just fix it for you. Let me show you how to do this. And I remember learning like, oh, what? Like, this is something, is everybody doing this? And then I had a friend who, (laughs) I'll never forget this either because it was a picture I was not insecure about and it was actually my profile. And she, um, it wasn't, I would have posted that one completely as is. She's like, nah. (laughs) Yeah, but she decided to uh, file down my nose and to slim my face. And in that moment, I was like, wait, am I unattractive? Am I ugly? Is there something wrong with me? Like, why are we, I never, I didn't even see that in myself, you know? Which, and that sucks because then you start thinking that. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, you know, if, if she's pointing it out and if you can do it, like maybe I should. Right. I downloaded the app because of it and started editing my pictures. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, I remember I had, so uh, my dad's a doctor, but years ago when I was, I think I was in like ninth or 10th grade of high school, one of his friends who's a plastic surgeon was over and I was um, complaining about, cause I broke my nose. So it like curves a tiny amount. So I was saying, I was showing him like my profile and then um, he immediately said, you know, I think actually what would be better is if you got um, a chin implant. And I had never, ever in my life thought about that. And so since that day until now, I think about my chin on the daily. And I never would have thought about my chin had he not said that. And he didn't mean it maliciously. Um, it was just a, a plastic surgeon being like, you know, this is the symmetry and this isn't. It wasn't like, you need a chin implant. But he put that idea in my head and that's constantly bothered me since. So it's the same thing. It's like, 
if someone's like, oh, you can change your face like this. So why don't you just tuck it in a little? You're like, oh, maybe there's something wrong with my face. Right. And I think that's how so many people's image of themselves gets distorted. It's like you trace it back to someone telling you that there's something wrong with Completely. you. Here's an embarrassing one. I remember in college, uh, my boyfriend at the time, oh, I, no. I was wearing like a deep V, um, like tank top or something. Uh-huh. And he pointed out that I had hair on my chest. Oh, and no. I had no idea. I like, I have baby fuzz, like peach fuzz yeah. all over my body. I have like tons of like blonde body hair. And I had no idea that I had like, you know, peach fuzz on my chest. And ever since then, I, you know, I always think about it. I'm always like, do I need That's to shave so my chest? Horrible. Do I need to get laser? I'm like, what do I need to do? <laughs> Which, like, no, everyone has peach fuzz on their chest, and it's totally natural, and, like, you know, <laughs> screw that guy. It's not funny, but, like, I get peach fuzz on my upper lip, and so, like, I wax it, sue me. But it was so minimal when he pointed it out, I just, like, went home and cried. And then just, like, always felt like I had a mustache. These things aren't a big deal. They aren't things that we're going to go through our life that's going to affect our quality of life. But the second someone says it, you think about it and then you realize, oh, is there something wrong? And it's just like a really, right. It's a really weird phenomenon. And then, then I think about times in my life, I'm like, have I done that to people? Cause I'm sure that I have, you know, pointed out something or been like, oh, like maybe you should do your makeup like this instead of like that. Like, I feel like we're all guilty of it. We're all victims and we're all perpetrators (laughs) of bad body image. Totally. And that's why, you know, going back to Khloe Kardashian, I don't think it's a good idea for people to shame her or like, you know, go nuts about it because I'm guilty of the same exact thing. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and so are a million other girls. Maybe hers was super extreme, but you know, it happens. So this issue is so much bigger than Khloe Kardashian, though. Over in the UK, we have a member of parliament who just a couple of days ago, Dr. Luke Evans, has proposed a bill about basically disclosing whether or not you've edited your photos. And he thinks that this is important in the influencer world, which I, I agree. I think that it is important. But what's, what's your first take on this? What do you think, Megan? So when I first, so I saw that this morning. So when I first thought about it. I was like, you know what? That's good. Like, I, I think that it's healthy. I know that it's definitely a huge problem amongst like younger girls. Um, I mean, I'm like in my early thirties and it still really affects me. So I can't even imagine being like a middle school girl and going on Instagram and seeing the Kardashians and being like, I mean, I would want to redo my whole face and body. And I have seen firsthand how it's affected actually a cousin who pretty much moved to LA at like 14, 15. And by 16, she had her entire face done. I found her on Instagram and I didn't recognize her. Um, Yeah. However, that's one hand. On the other hand, I'm like all about um, as little government say in my life as possible. Like, I don't like when the government is like too much on what you're doing. Um, so it worries me a little bit that it, I don't want it to be too invasive or to be like, you have to do this, this, and this. Like technically it's a free society. You can do what you want. Part of me is like, I do see it, but I don't want it to get too invasive. And I'm wondering how they would enforce it. Um, I think that if you were to mention that this picture has been altered, 
that could be helpful. Um, maybe if they said, we suggest you do that. Um, I don't know. It's really hard because it's like, I'm so back and forth about it. The Daily Mail article that Aaron you shared with me, there was a girl who they referenced several times. She was a British influencer. Like, I think she's a fashion influencer or something. I forgot her name. They mentioned it. And what I thought was really weird, I was looking at her pictures and how edited they were. They showed her before and after pictures. And it got really creepy because she edited a picture of her when she was about five years old with her dad. So she edited the five-year-old version of herself. And she also edited the younger version of her dad as well. And that's, you know, getting to a point where you're like, okay, this is so deeply ingrained in the way you view the world that that's where it gets really dangerous. Lauren Goodger, um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, has posted a photoshopped version of a childhood photograph with her father from when she was a bridesmaid aged five. And it's side by side and it's really creepy because, I mean, you're a little kid. Yeah. You're a, and and that, that makes me be like, yes, this should be enforced because this is dangerous. Um, you know, the other one's more of like a broader feeling about government involvement in things. So at the end of the day, it's probably a good thing. Um, I don't know how they would be able to enforce it. Yeah. That's what I would find, especially because I would see for companies if they didn't enforce it, um, then the company would get in trouble. But if it's an influencer and it's just a random picture, how, what are they going to do? No, I absolutely, I pretty much agree with you on all the things that you've said. I feel like it's something that's going to have to be policed somehow within the platform. I can't imagine allocating government resources to something like this. It seems yeah. ridiculous. It seems like a waste of money. However, it is such an important thing to talk about mental health. And I think it really does come down to that. And that's why that people are thinking, okay, well, maybe this has to be a legal issue, which is so crazy that we're at that point. Totally. But, right. But I agree with you too. I do feel like it is weirdly a form of censorship because yes. here's the deal. Like if you have a really big influence and, and there's people that look up to you and, and you are held up to some sort of beauty standard and you know, people, you're in a way, I guess, lying to people about mm -hmm. how you look if you're constantly editing your photos to a crazy extent. But what if you're just cropping out a zit? We're not cropping, but you know what I mean? What if you're blurring out a zit? What if you're, I've done that before, or my hair looks crazy of like, you know, taking totally. your hair like out of a, like a flyaway out. Like how far do we go with this to where it is a crime? You know? That's, that's where it's like a little iffy too. Like, if it's so minor, something like that, or even there was a picture of me when I was in the pool and I was just turned a really weird way. So it looked like I had like my, it looked like my stomach was like five times the size of my actual stomach. Like, and it was, I think it's cause it was reflecting on the water. So I, that I moved in, but only because I was like, okay, this is so drastically exaggerated. So it's like, can you not do that then? Is it, you know what I mean? It's like, that's a little, I think it's a little invasive. And I think I'm also on the whole, like recently, I think there's been a lot of censorship going on with social media platforms mm -hmm. um, and they are privatized. So it scares me a little because 
I know they're t they've taken down a lot of accounts. You can't search for certain things on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, it's getting, it's getting, which I, under I understand some of it, but I think it's gotten a little weird to the point where it's like, if you're trying so hard to hide something or keep something down, then like, why? Like, that's not their responsibility. They're not God. They're not the government. So now this is actually getting a lot of steam. So the Girl Guiding Charity in the UK, which is kind of like an advocacy platform for, uh, for mental health and for, you know, women's issues. So they have members here that are around the ages of 14 through 25. So your most impressionable years. And they are welcoming this with open arms, you know? And, and it's weird because I totally get it. I get it. It's in alignment with what they stand for. But like, I think we also do have to look at the bigger implications here too. As much as I hate to see a super, super edited photo, especially of like a young, beautiful girl. It's like, why are we, you have to be younger and beautifuler like to be no. acceptable on Instagram. Like that's where I'm especially like, no, 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 no. Let's like, why this is unhealthy. Totally. And I, ju I just thought of this. I, I, we're like on the same page about it completely. And I just thought of something. So somebody, somebody told me this like years ago and it always sticks with me. Um, they're like, instead of trying to rid your life of everything negative, start infusing it with positive. Ooh. Don't think about taking out the negative. So how that could apply is instead of trying to get rid of this or pull it out by, you know, putting like, this is edited. What about like, starting, you know, people starting more advocacy, advocacy group and starting more body, like positive movements, which I know are springing up or starting, um, more trends of, you know, girls posting a photo of like side by side images that are edited unedited, you know, which I know you've done, like I've done it. I've, I follow some influencers who do it. Uh, so like that could be a way to combat it. Um, but it's interesting that that organization is behind it because obviously I'm assuming that they are because they've seen how badly it's affected young girls. And the crazy thing is I did a little more research and I found out that laws like this already exist in France. So as of 2017, just a couple of years ago in France, it is illegal for any commercial image that's been digitally altered to make a model look thinner. So they it will have, it has like a warning on it and it says edited photograph the front wow. of that and companies get fined now so they will get fined if they are you know heavily editing an image which i think this is great because this is targeting the ad community you know right. it's and i also like this because i think that it holds people accountable because how many times have you seen like <laughs> this is a great example my dog is afraid of um like if when i used to buy magazines my dog would always bark at avino ads no other ads, no other brands. But if you notice, if you look at Avino ads, wait, really? All, yes, always. And it didn't matter who the model was because all their models look the same. They always use the same type. It's like a very like fair, pale yep. and beautiful girl with dark hair and green eyes or really, really light blue eyes. And the whole image is completely photoshopped. Everything from, you know, the skin, the eye color. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look like a real person normally. And um, except I think for a while, Jennifer Aniston was doing um, campaigns with them. And I think she always like, she always totally. looks great, even though of course, like these, those images are out of her hands, you know, they're being right. edited and retouched without her <laughs> knowledge probably, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, it was like a Vino ad scared the crap out of my dog. 
That's so and, funny. Right. And I would look at it and I was like, oh, this doesn't look because it looks so fake. And that's a skincare line. This is a, a natural skincare, like a healthy alternative type mm-hmm. of skincare line, right? Right. Of I'm course. Like, <laughs> of course. And they're, he- they're heavily editing their images. So I do think this is important to keep the commercial industry, you know, totally accountable for, you know, whatever it is that they're selling, especially if it is a product that's supposed to make you look a certain way or, you know, slim you down or, you know, it's like, why Absolutely. are we editing these images? Like use a real person. Your dog is a genius. <laughs> but the difference is with the advertising company and with the influencers or social media marketing, it's like, at least we know with an ad that it is retouched, you know, like this totally. is there. With an influencer, it's a little bit different because they're not always selling something. Sometimes they're just posting pictures. Oh, a lot of the time. Totally. Right. And what worries me too about what you said in terms of them selling products is that, for instance, like all these girls will do this like flat tummy tea or sugar bear hair stuff and whatever. And I have personally tried both. Flat tummy tea, I almost shit my pants like 20 times. And- <laughs> Uh, excuse me. And it didn't do anything except make me super bloated. And then sugar bear hair came out and said it was making people's hair fall out. So it's like, don't put a picture of you holding this product and with this luscious hair, that's like most likely a wig. Like that is what bothers me when it's taking advantage of people's money. Like it's feeding on, but then again, like I'm arguing with myself because I was like, then again, that's like the beauty industry. It is the beauty industry, totally, for the most part, with a couple of outliers. But here's the other thing, too. So with influencer marketing, and I know this because I've done campaigns, and you have as well. So how do these normally work, just so anyone, you know, doesn't? Why don't you start with your experience? How does influencer marketing work, like from them contacting you to you getting the campaign? Like, walk me through exactly how, like, your last influencer, paid influencer experience was. Okay, so usually either they'll directly reach out to, to me or there's a couple um, what are, like uh, websites that I've signed up for in the past that you can, they'll email you and be like, oh, we think this campaign would match whatever you're looking for. Um, I kind of stopped doing those campaigns, like honestly, any paid campaign on my Instagram just because I don't like it. But um, typically the ones I've done, they personally reach out to me and they'll be like, hey, we would love you to try your product based on stuff you've posted. I think you'd like it or you have a dog. I've gotten dog treats. I get a lot of dog stuff and a lot of CBD stuff randomly. Um, So the last one was a CBD company, super nice. They were like, we wanna send you all this stuff for free and would you be able to post a video or a a story or a picture on your feed? Um, either they'll say like, you just get free product or they'll say, we'll pay you $150, $350, whatever they're offering, um, for you to post this product. So, mm-hmm. and the other experience I've had is they'll just send me the product and be like, we hope you love it, which is not as, as much like a guarantee that I will post something. So specifically the last one reached out to me. They're like, here's his product, CBD. If you like it, um, they're really sweet try it. We'll also give you $150 if you end up posting it on your story. Mm-hmm. So I did it. They pay you. And then that's how it goes. Yeah. So let me ask you this then. If you were Sugar Bear Hair and you were working with their marketing or their influencer team and you were casting influencers 
to give product to or to pay to post, would you not be looking for people who already had gorgeous long hair that didn't need to use the product in the first place? Of course. Of They're course. not asking for before and after. Of course. <laughs> right? That's totally. And that's the difference between these like Instagram products as opposed to like, you know, an FDA approved like Viviscal, for instance, that I've used is like super intense biotin. Um, but that's what's weird about it. Obviously, they're going to get models who they want to look like somebody who would have benefited from their product. Yeah. Have you ever done an influencer campaign for a product that you did not like? You don't have to say what they are, but have you ever done it and like taken the money and just posted it and threw away the product? I think years ago when I first started doing all this, I got contacted by um, a couple, literally the ones we were talking about, uh, and a couple of those. And I think I, I think I ended up, I agreed to it. I'm shitty. I agreed to it. And then I tried the product and then started kind of like reading about it after I got it. And I was like, I don't want to. Yeah. And then just kind of ghosted them. Not that that's the right thing to do. This is like six years ago, but like, I that's what's weird though, is if I hadn't done my research and I hadn't been like savvy on social media, I would have been like, Oh, cool. This brand contacted me and all these like Instagram models are doing it. So like, I'm going to do it too. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I really had to like check in with myself and be like, I don't like this. Right. No, me too. Because it's like, it's almost kind of like when you do your first couple of campaigns like that, you're like, oh, well, like legitimate celebrities or influencers do this. And it kind of like puts you in that group. So there's that, that whole mindset yep. of, all of taking a campaign like that. But I did a campaign once where it was for, I get contacted for like health, wellness, and like, you know, like sometimes a skincare, like, like a, like organic skincare and food. So I had a beer company that I worked with that oh. I never tried the brand they were not um, a domestic brand, so it's not even something I could get at the store. But they didn't even send me actual product. So I didn't even try it. <laughs> like, what? Oh, yes, I know. But it paid pretty well. So I took the campaign and I figured, you know, this is, it's a legitimate brand. It's just not available in this country, you know, so I'll, I'll do this. But yeah, and it was more of like, I was giving away an experience. So it wasn't necessarily like, buy this thing. It was more of like, enter this and you can go to this event. But Got it. again, I'd never tried the brand. I never tried the beer and I didn't even know if I liked it or not, you know? So again, like there's things like that too. So it's, it's just like, I think that the goal with all of this is like pull back the curtain a little bit, you know, like this is totally. how influencer marketing seems more authentic because it's coming from an influencer. It's not, you know, it's not something you see on TV, but that's also kind of like why it's more dangerous. And then also like, I just think that we should probably just touch on this because I'm sure that we did in the episode, but you know, disclaimer, full disclosure, Megan and I both have edited pictures up. We both edit oh, our yeah. We do. Oh yeah. I use filters. I, I blur out zits. I, if I didn't sleep the night before I will fix things on my face. Totally. Yeah. Like we, yeah. we don't do stuff like to that crazy extreme level, but like that no. being said, like, you know, I've done it too. So it's like, I'm 
also approaching this as someone that like has done this before. And oh, I totally. still will. Like I do, I do it a lot less now, but like, you know what I mean? Like I still will. I will totally, if I think I look like crap in some capacity and I can change that really quickly on my phone, I will. That's, I'm on the same page. That's why I'm like, I can't sit there and be like, that should be illegal when like I, I've done it and I do it. And like, like you said, it's very subtle. I usually just like either a crinkle in my face, a zit, or like, I have just like a line somewhere that I don't like. I don't try to like suck in my whole body. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't alter my body, but I definitely like do stuff to my face where it looks slightly different. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, and every girl I know does. Um, and I, it's interesting because one, I think it's really good that you asked me about how the influencer marketing works. Cause I think a lot of people don't know that if they're not in that game and it does seem more like, Ooh, this company contacted me, this is legit. So I should do it. Like, you know, it's still think about it. Like they're trying to sell a product. So it's not like, it's like all the glitz and glam. Like a lot of these products suck. Um, and being on the other end of it, I'm now doing marketing for a, uh, my dad has a CBD company. And so I'm doing influencer marketing, which is interesting because I'm on the other end and having been on the opposite side, I'm like, you know what? I'm only going to reach out to people who I know for a fact would benefit, like actually benefit from this and who would really be interested in it. So I don't want to waste my time just hitting up like, like, cause we were thinking like, should we target like super good looking, like chiseled men and stuff? And then I was like, no, it's an alternative for people who dip or use tobacco and it's filled with hemp instead of tobacco. So we're like, no, let's target people who are actually having a hard time quitting cigarettes or dipping and use this. And since we've kind of transitioned that it's like, people are like, oh, this is really helpful. Thank you. And then instead of having just like an influencer, you have someone who's like a loyal customer and genuinely believes in your product. So that's the difference I think with, I'm not saying that's the right way to do it, but like, I think that's one approach versus like, I'm going to contact every sexy girl on Instagram and tell her to rep my skinny tea and tell, have her tell her followers that they're all going to be really skinny if they take these laxatives. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, on that tip, do you, <laughs> have you unfollowed anyone that posts stuff like that? Um, yeah, I think I don't follow a ton of people who did in the beginning, but like I definitely have unfollowed people who um that's like their whole vibe because it feels so icky and inauthentic to me, especially if you can scroll, you can tell easily. You can scroll through someone's profile and see like, oh, they did an ad for this, they did an ad for this, and it's all over the place. So it just seems like they'll do anything for money, um which is fine, like people make a living like that, but um, I know that it's a little phony. So when I see it, it just makes me feel icky. You encouraged me to unfollow people who make me not happy. Why do you think we're so obsessed with looking perfect? I think it's a combination of things. I think a lot of it has to do with your environment. Um, I think growing up, like for me personally, my mom is very into her appearance. She's always been into her appearance. Um, so is my sister. Uh, so not dangerously so, or like where it's made me nutty, but like I've always been aware of it. Um, and then I noticed recently, actually, looking back on living in LA um, and, you know, 
living in LA is like, that also distorts your image of things. Because for instance, this started with, I wanted to get, um, it's like a genetic thing. Everyone in my family gets bad smile lines. So I was telling my friend, I think this was back when I was like 25 or 26. I was like, do you know if you can get Botox for your smile lines, which like they don't even do that. Um, and she was like, I don't know if you need that, but you definitely have bad lines in your forehead. I think you should get Botox in your forehead. So I went and I got Botox in my forehead because I did have bad sunlight. Like I was always out in the sun growing up. So I had bad lines in my forehead. Okay, that's fine. But it didn't stop there because I was around her and I was around a lot of other girls who, and some who I'm still friends with who get a lot of work done to their face. So it was like, it's like a slippery, slippery slope. You start doing a little here, a little there. And being in LA, I can tell, um, you know, my friends or people around me in LA versus my friends who live elsewhere in the country. It's like such a bit, like, I just know there's a difference between the people in LA and the way they view themselves and people, my friends who live in other cities or like, they just don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's that combined with social media, a hundred percent has been, I'd say that's a very long way of saying environment and social media. Yeah, totally. But I feel like, and there's no easy way to escape either one of those, you know, like, of course you cannot live in LA, like that's a choice. But if you're in entertainment, most likely you do, or you live in New York right. or Atlanta and right. social media, you can choose not to be on it, but it's so popular that it's like, you're almost left out of yep. a whole segment of life. If you choose to not participate, it's like, you really it's- have to commit to it. <laughs> Totally. And, and also, like you said too, not just LA, actually, it's more so being in entertainment. You're on camera way more, you know, you're getting headshots taken, you're doing interviews. And like, I remember one of the first times my face really bothered me were some of the first headshots I got taken. Cause I'm like, oh, I don't usually look at myself like this. Right. And then, you know, you're on camera and you see yourself from a weird angle or making a weird face and you're like, Ooh, So you're paying attention to your looks a lot more than someone who, for instance, is like a doctor. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Or like a lawyer. Unless you're a plastic surgeon. Unless you're, yeah, actually scratch that. Unless you're a plastic surgeon. (laughs) (laughs) Then you absolutely are thinking about your face. (laughs) And I, you know, I love your podcast because like when we were, when I did your podcast, was that a year ago? Like, I love that we were talking about, you know, we had a lot of similar conversations because like on your podcast, you're talking about like, you know, therapy and how creatives like deal with mental health and stress. And these are definitely, this is a good example of both of those things colliding, like mental health and stress and the pressure to to look a certain way and be a certain way. And I know that like, we've also talked about, you know, your environment also has to do with like who you're surrounding yourself with regardless of profession. Right. So it's like, even in the quarantine, we're getting all these like messages about, you know, getting on your quarantine fitness or losing 20 pounds during this period of time. And, and even that is extremely stressful too, because it's like, wait, hold on a second. What, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to be productive? Am I supposed to work on my body right now? What if I mm-hmm. gain weight because I've lost access to a gym or like different ways that I would normally train, you know, like then what category am I in? How do other people perceive me? Like, what has your experience been like in quarantine dealing with all of these pressures? <laughs> totally. When I, um, I came to North Carolina to basically quarantine with my family and my boyfriend, 
Um, but I was like binge eating, like really binge, like people say, oh, I'm binge eating. Like I binge eat, like I can just down like pints of ice cream at a time. Like, you know, I'll go hard. So, uh, <laughs> it's not like I ate some pretzels. Uh, <laughs> it's like I ate the whole kitchen. Um, mm. I was doing that like every night out of the, like only just like pure boredom. Um, and then like a month in, I'd say, I was like, wait, I, I'm none of my clothes fit. I put on a pair of jeans and started crying because I like ripped the ass part. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I like, and I just felt, um, really shitty. But what I noticed was like at the same time, and this was still like April that all these women were putting out, um, these like zoom fitness classes or Instagram live fitness classes. And then one kept popping up, another kept popping up. And it was a lot at once. Fast forward now, it's the end of August, and those are still super popular. And I feel like no matter where I turn on social media, it's like, work out, work out with me at, you know, whatever. Um, so I think right now, people are like shoving it down your throat. And I've noticed this trend of people who aren't even really into the fitness thing or weren't before have now really gone into it. Um, so it's been like a balance for me. Um, I found an app that I actually love. So ironically, I started out, started working out more than when I did have access to a gym. But what I like about it is that it's in like healthy moderation. Whereas before I would just like binge the gym. Like I'd go to the gym twice a day for no reason. And then I wouldn't work out for three weeks. So it's like, it's up and down. I mean, I think I think I'll find myself like sitting and scrolling through Instagram models a lot longer than I would have before we were quarantined. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a weird time. <laughs> oh, I, don't yeah. know if that, I don't know if that answered your question, but I think it's just finding a balance and not sitting on your phone for so long that you feel like you have to be working out because I don't know if it's like I'm a lot of my followers are fitness people or people who I follow are but I just am constantly seeing these like fitness things on Instagram, like way more so than before people were quarantining. Strangely, and I might've told you this months ago, I have been way more fixated on my weight more than ever before in my life. Since, really? Since quarantine. Um, I don't know exactly why, but it's been, it's been like almost a healthy, unhealthy amount that I think about it, which I've never really thought about my weight as much as I have during quarantine. I've never thought about my weight too much usually. I've just been fixated on it. Like today I probably thought about my weight like 25 times. Um really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, so why? What is it? What's going on? I think it's I think it's a combination of what you said, like just, you know, people looking at social media a lot. I think it's um I think getting older and not as realizing like, oh, I can't just drop five to 10 pounds in two weeks. Like I used to be able to, you know what I mean? And coming to terms with that and being like, that's okay. And if my jean shorts from two years ago, don't fit me still doesn't mean that I'm disgusting looking, you know, it's like, I think it's been like a transitional period for me that happened to fall during quarantine. Um, but it's just coming to terms with the fact that like, I have a woman's body. Like I'm not going to look the same way that I looked when I was a freshman in college. 
Um, and I also had this thing where I turned 30 and grew boobs. Like I never had boobs before and they just keep getting bigger so much so that too, too much, two of my college friends texted me and asked me if they got a boob job. Um, and I was like, no. So I think it's a combination of stuff, but I don't like it. Um, so that's been a part of like, you know, a mental health challenge. Um, and then also, you know, dealing with feeling trapped for sure. I'm someone who is like, gets bored super easily. I love like trying new things and going out and exploring and, you know, sitting and working from home every day has been really difficult for me some days. Like I find myself, I'm like, should I go just drink wine for fun at 2 PM, you know, on a Monday? That's where I've been this whole week. Oh yeah. Oh, that's totally, I've thought about it like five times a day, every day. I'm like, I'm just going to go get a bottle of wine. Maybe like, if I can just, make it to 5 p.m., then I'm like, okay, good. I deserve oh, see, it at I this feel point because so I put it off for like three hours. But yeah, I've been having the same experience. Thank God. No. Oh, it's totally normal. I mean, I, I'm saying it is normal because I feel that way. Um, I also, this is interesting. My boyfriend, Corey, is like, the, I don't, he's a little bit like a robot. I love him, but you can put him in a room and he can work for 24 hours without eating or drinking or going to the bathroom or having any need to like, want to go out and do like, he is just, when he's focused on something, it's a one focused thing. So living with someone like that and seeing the difference between me and him is difficult. Cause sometimes I'm like, why don't you feel like you want to go get trashed? Or why don't you feel like you want to smoke a ton of weed or like, I don't know, do something crazy. And he doesn't. So that's almost like shed light on my experience even more. Mm -hmm. So it's been, um, some days are totally fine, mainly because I've been kept busy with, I'm kind of like running a company for my dad right now. It's like a CBD thing. So that's kept me busy, but it's, um, there are some days where I'm like really going crazy. I, I love both of you. I love you and Corey and I like, you know what I mean? I've had, I relate to you a lot because I'm yeah. the same way. I have like, I'm all over the place. I, it's hard for me to focus sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes like I look for ways to escape that mm-hmm. focus. I look for, like, I look forward to distractions. I'm the type of person that's like, okay, I'm actually, I need to take a break for dinner. Like, I can't just, like, eat at my laptop unless I, like, really have to, you know? Like, I really need times to, like, turn off my mind. And um, and it's so funny because, like, my boyfriend, I think, is a lot better at focusing than I am, too. Okay. Is it, like, a male thing? Because I'm like, I don't, I mean, I definitely have ADD, (laughs) but I'm just like, how do you not want to just go out and, like, literally the other day I said, do you ever just feel like going out and dancing and running in the rain? And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like like, running in the rain. (laughs) And I was like, it was like 11 AM. It was pouring. And I'm like, woo. (laughs) And I have like three things to edit and write a paper. And I'm like, I just don't want to right now. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's so funny is like, I was also thinking I wanted to talk about this with you. So I feel like yeah. the way that like, and we see this a lot in Instagram, social media marketing and stuff is like, you know, women are marketed products and experiences and things to like, you know, 
to target our deficiencies, right? To make us more beautiful mm-hmm. because these are the things that we are self-conscious about. And for men, they experience it too, but it's a lot less about get these abs and it's more of like mm-hmm. success, money. Did you yep. buy your girlfriend a Mercedes this year? If not, you're a failure. And those are the things that are like marketed toward men, you know, work your nine to five and then your five to 2 a.m is you better be building your business or you're never going to be what you want to be. And like, you know, obviously that we do see that like marketing toward women to a certain extent, like in some ways it's genderless, but I've noticed this like heavy just, and you can tell because like, you know, you work in like marketing and like creating content video, like you can tell when a video or when like an ad or a meme is targeted toward a gender. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's so funny because I was like, Sometimes I find myself, I'll say stuff and I don't realize that it affects Corey the way it does, but I'll be like, um, he was talking about, you know, eventually wanting to buy a house. And I'm like, you know, well, when would you want to get married? Is, it get, is that going to be in like 12 years? You know, cause he's like, I can't, I could see him like, and I was saying it jokingly, but he was like freaking out and he's like, well, I don't know. Like I wouldn't be able to afford like a house and a ring at the same time. And then like, what am I going to do about this? And that? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's okay. And, and then I thought, I've been thinking about it actually. And I was like, damn, that is a lot of pressure. I know. I know. It's funny. Cause like I have similar conversations with my boyfriend too. What is this thing about like materialism that we just like really cannot escape in our culture? <laughs> it's so weird. It's like, it's like program into our brains. Cause like mm-hmm. when I was younger, I was like, oh no, I'm not going to be one of those girls. And I'm like, oh, I am that girl. <laughs> I know. I'm hundred percent that girl. You know, Megan, somebody, because I used to be that girl in high school, and then I, like, totally, like, I feel like my whole persona changed, and it changed a lot when I started working a lot, like, more in movie coverage and and video Mm. game stuff. Like, I feel like I became, like, I kind of embraced these things that were in me that before I'd kind of rejected to be, Mm. like, a girly girl or to be a popular girl, to be accepted, right? So I kind of hid the fact that like, I grew up watching Star Wars and like sci-fi and I oh. have interests like that. And I was the only girl on like the, um, on the Little League team. Like I, that's stuff I would never tell anyone. And then that, that kind of became like working in my favor. And so I was like, okay, so I guess I'm that. And I was leaning into that hardcore and didn't care about jewelry, didn't care about stuff like that. And then I, now it's like, I'm almost come full circle. I'm like, well, why can't I be someone that enjoys like everything, like culturally, pop culture, I can like this stuff, but it doesn't have to be my identity, but I can also be a girl that like maybe wants a nice ring when someone proposes to me, if I ever get that far in a relationship. (laughs) Totally, totally. And you will. (laughs) I think Zach is amazing. Um, But I also, it's really interesting because I had the same exact thing. And when you were explaining that, I was like, wow, same, literally identical. And really? Yeah. At this age, I think it's like combining both of those. It's like you start out one way, you swing the other way, and now you're meeting in the middle. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like a sign of maturity and an age thing. Um, And learning to like combine different parts of yourself and realizing that they can coexist at once. Why is it so hard to accept all parts of yourself at one point, especially when you're young? Like, why is it so hard? It's, I don't, I remember being like, I feel like uh, if I saw stuff I did when I was younger, basically from different points of views, I would have judged myself a lot. And it's weird because, you know, the point of being, or even especially being like an artist is being able to accept all those parts of yourselves and like using those energies in different ways. 
it's like, it's so hard. And then the other thing I noticed I've done, I don't know if you've had this same thing, but I'll also, once I feel like I've completed that level, like the hot girl level or the, or the nerd girl level, I will totally reject it when I talk about it, when I look back at it, you know what I mean? Like, I'll be like, Oh, I used to be like that. (laughs) Can you believe it? Yes. Yeah. Like the instant I'm done with it, I'm just like, done with it and I'm like why do we do this like why do we throw away parts of ourselves like it's very interesting never happened or like we hate it like why can't we just I feel like that's also something that's like kind of like culturally taught to us somehow because we don't we rarely see people talking about like their former selves in a healthy manner you know like never actually I I ever see that That's so true. The other day I had a stage where I, I buzzed my head and, um, I, in retrospect, not to talk badly about it, but like, it wasn't the best look. Um, (laughs) but also, you know, the fact that you just said that I'm like, also though, that was like the best time ever. I had so much fun. I was like working on super cool acting projects. I felt super creatively free. I was like, you know, like embracing this weird part of myself, but I talk about it all the time because the picture came up and Corey was like, I just, what were you thinking? <laughs> and, and like, anytime I think about that, I just want to like crawl into a hole and die. But, but thinking about the positive, like there's a p- lot of positives that came out of that experience. So that's a great point. Did it sound like we abruptly stopped in the middle of an episode? Well, guess what? We kind of did. Um, This conversation continued and it kind of went into a different direction where we talk about identity on stage. We talk about stand-up comedy. So I decided to split this in two and create another episode, which I will release in a couple of days as a bonus where we really get into stand-up comedy and being a performer on stage. But before we go, I want to give a shout out to Wake and Make Media because I really needed help when I was trying to find an audience for my course, How to Find Your Voice in Comedy. And they helped me out huge with marketing materials and ways and ideas to reach people that I was not reaching on my own. So I want to recommend them. Check them out at wakeandmakemedia.com or go to the show notes because I will have all their information there. Thank you guys for joining us here on this episode. I can't wait to see you next time.